we acknowledge that together we reside, learn, and create on the land of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabewaki, Mississauga, Wendaki, Neonwensio, and neutral people. We seek re-indigenization. We stand with the indigenous community and welcome indigenous voices on this platform. We are grateful to be working and learning on and about this land. And we honor these communities as the traditional stewards of these lands. Hi! Hi! <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so excited. This has been, what, a week in the making? <laughs> Yeah, seriously, right? Like, yeah, wasn't it last week? Half? I think it was a week and a half ago. It feels longer because we've been so, or I, I think we've both been so like mentally involved with it. Yes, I know. It's kind of when you first mentioned the idea. Like, I think both of us were like ideas pouring out, and we yeah. just wanted to get to work on this and. And it's still happening. Like, I am i mean, we're only on our first episode, but I, like, every day constantly go back to the, like, documents and, like, oh, this person, this topic. Yes, I know. I'm so, that's so exciting. That's fantastic. Okay. So why don't we introduce ourselves, I Who guess. Are we? Oh, we no. Are... You say it. We are. The Dreaming Divas. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um... Yes, we are the Dreaming Divas. Okay, I, I, I need your story. I need who you are. Okay. Because I know a little bit, but I don't know a lot. Yes, I know. So first off, I mean, for those who don't know me, my name's Cassandra Amorum, but you can call me Cass. I like to be called Cass. Um, and my pronouns are she, her. And I have been in love with music since I can remember. Though vocal music was later in my life. So I think around the time I was four or five, probably five years old, my parents put me in violin because my mom's best friend was a music teacher and a violinist. So my dad wanted me to do piano and my mom's like, no, let's put her in violin, let's put her in violin. So I've been doing violin since I was five years old. I don't play all the time now, but I do teach. So it's still like a huge part of my life. And truly, it's it's molded me into the musician I am today. If I did not play violin or learn violin when I was younger, um, I wouldn't have I won't wouldn't be the musician I am today. So um yeah, so I guess around five five years old I started violin and I did the Suzuki method. For those of you who don't know, that's super based on ear training as well it's not so theoretical and you know doing all the theory and history i did not do that until i decided to go to university for music and i was like oh i got a lot of catching up to do <laughs> oh bless Here's your heart i did not i remember being in grade 12 and i was like yeah i'm gonna do this i need to know some rudiments i had not I, like i knew because i've been in orchestra and i played but like I didn't, I couldn't like off the top of my head read a bass clef. 
at all. Like that was stressful can't. for me. I know. I was like, Ooh. I have to all cows eat grass. That's how I remember. <laughs> I always think of it as two below what it actually is on the travel staff. Mm, that's smart. I have to think about like make acronyms for the spaces and lines. <laughs> but anyways, so we get okay. Let's 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 just tell it right here. We both go off on tangents, and I may sometimes forget where I am in the story or the idea. <sighs> but okay, so okay. Uh, we'll find our way back. Yes. And if we don't, you'll get some extra info. It's fine. Yes. There will never be a time where we're not talking. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, we love to talk. Oh my gosh. Wasn't it? When was it? Uh, like earlier this week, I was like, oh, I'll have like a nice like hour long FaceTime with you. And we look at the time, three hours. Three hours. Bye. <laughs> Goes by so fast. Yeah. Okay. So. So my musical journey. So I guess um, in elementary school, I uh, was playing the violin, of course, but I remember my mom and her best friend, the one who was a violinist, um, she was my music teacher, but they put on the musical Annie Jr. Okay. And I was like in grade one and I was just like, I I'm, I'm Annie. Like, so I wasn't, <laughs> I was grade one. But I would go to all the rehearsals. I would bring my friends and grade one friends and we would watch the rehearsals. And then I'd go out onto the field at recess and like put on a production of Annie and like tell people who they were. <laughs> it was like director slash Annie because I wanted to be Annie so badly. Um, so I think that was kind of like my first love of vocal music to be honest because I would just be like, Belton Annie songs out in the the log garden we'd call it at school. I don't know what it was called the log garden, but maybe there were logs. It oh yeah, yeah, there were logs. <laughs> but anyways, it was it was truly I remember seeing that and going to the show and I was crying because I was so moved by the music. I was like grade one. Mm -hmm. So I since then I always loved vocal music but i was primarily a violinist i did some choir could i choir when i was younger in middle school uh my my middle school put on into the woods junior and i played jack's mother <laughs> and i just remember having to pull this guy's ear on stage and like <laughs> reprimand him for <laughs> uh, getting some magic beans or whatever so <laughs> I know I'm real I'm going in depth here I hope you don't mind oh my god I love hearing about your life it's uh I got some weird stories I'm an oddball so that's okay I think we both are and that's why this works oh. yes so then high school I went to a high school that was primarily for French immersion so I didn't go to like a string school um which would have been uh, a school like down the street from my, my high school. Um, so I didn't go there, but a lot of my string playing friends went there. And um, KCI was a school I went to, was just band or voice. 
and I was not learning another <laughs> instrument. I was not going to be in band. So I just decided to be in the vocal program. So my music class was all voice students and I was in choirs there. Um, and that's really, I think, where I was like, hmm, I really like this. I was introduced to some um, solo voice, not super classical yet, some musical theater, some crossover, like um, I sang, I remember singing the song in a recital, Someone to Watch Over Me, super jazzy. I yeah. loved that piece. It's in uh, Crazy For You, right? Yes, yeah. So I... I really started loving to sing, but through this time I was in orchestra, so I played side by side with the Kishinewaterloo Orchestra Symphony, KWS, and I was a part of the youth orchestra, so I was actually, I, uh, I just graduated from Laurier for my undergrad, but as a high school student, I was in Laurier every single weekend for my youth orchestra rehearsals, so I knew most of the people who were percussionists and wind and brass, they were in university and a lot of the string students were younger. <laughs> so, so I was learning with a lot of university students throughout my high school life and all the time, every, at least once a year we'd play some type of opera overture and that's where truly my love for opera started because I played Barbara Seville, Marriage of Figaro. Um, I played um, Magic Flute. Carmen? What else? Like Carmen. Oh yeah, I did a, con a Carmen concert. What else did I do? Um, I think Romeo and Juliet. Something like like a lot, a lot of opera overtures. But we never really did side by side with any singers. So I remember being in orchestra and like sometimes humming like the opera parts and they were like what are you doing wait you sing it's like why are you here you should be a singer and i remember hearing that i was like hmm maybe i should <laughs> so my grade 12 year i went to my parents they said i'm i'm not gonna go to a school for violin and they're like what i'm gonna go to school for voice and they're like whoa hold up you don't have any voice lessons so my grade 12 year, I'm, I found Beth as a teacher in, I think the end of August, early September, I had a lesson with her for the first time and I was preparing for auditions January. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. And oh my gosh, I couldn't have done it without Beth's support and help. That was so helpful. I had met her through a friend that I knew from high school and a musical theater camp so my grade 12 year I said I seriously I stopped I stopped violin and I think I think I cried I was really stressed about it because I didn't know if this was the right decision and it it was really hard to tell my violin teacher as well I, I remember bawling it was a very difficult decision for me but I'm glad I did I'm glad I took the risk to do that um, and yeah, that's kind of just a little bit. There's lots of more in between, I'm sure. I'll tell you more funny stories later. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, wow, that's so cool. And where are you now? Oh, yeah. Just... So now I just finished my undergrad at Wilfrid Laurier University, uh, voice performance. 
So now I'm going to University of Toronto for a Masters of Opera. And I am excited, tiny bit nervous, but excited. So excited, so grateful. Closer to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Closer to you, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So tell we me. We haven't met. <laughs> oh, that's important. I know, we have not Never met. met. We in person. In person, we met virtually yes June <laughs> the 7th yeah, yeah yeah June 7th two days after my birthday Gemini's. <laughs> um we met June 7th 2021 yes and, and it <laughs> Friday July 16th 2021 <laughs> lol we're funny we've known each other for a month and a half and okay but I knew of you Okay, yes. So, okay. Because when we first got our chance to talk in the program, we met, okay, let's talk about the program. We met in a summer opera program that yeah. we will probably get into later on. But, so we, I didn't recall that I knew who you were. I remember. knew who I was. I knew who you were. And I remember we were finally something, like a class ended or something, and we were in the Zoom thing. And I was like, I know you. And you're like, <laughs> and I was, nervous. I was like, you're Beth's student. And I was like, you know, Beth. And, and then you said, oh, I study with Beth. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Beth has been like, <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. Yeah. Like since she was like the first, um, influence in my, like truly my classical voice life she's always been like my mentor mentor so I always remember like every time I would just chat and catch up with her she'd be like oh yeah my student Simi sings this and Simi's great and that and I was like I kept hearing Simi 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 I'm like I know who you are <laughs> so it was funny because you had and we don't need to like get into this, but you were studying with Beth, but not as part of an institution, unlike sure. myself. So being in an institution, I think there's a little less room for like side conversations and stuff. Like it's very yeah scheduled and stuff. So, but I recall her mentioning after you talked to me about it, I recall her mentioning that she had another student in this program yes but we hadn't like gotten into it or anything like that yeah. and um and then you said i know you and i said oh what oh that must have been creepy <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't creepy the way you said it but in the moment i was like wait why does this person know who i am is it yeah. for good or bad reasons you know um but then once i found out that you were also a best student and like you know, if you're a best student, you love Beth. There's just, she's yes. so amazing. Um, and we're gonna amazingly have her on this show and I'm so excited for it. But uh, we were like, oh my gosh, you love Beth, I love Beth. And that was our bonding. Like that was, yeah. formed our, our connection. Exactly. And I love you. <laughs> so tell us about you now. Oh me, I, I, I've always been, like a musical kid. I 
um, I think I started voice lessons when I was like eight years old because my parents were like, you got to do something like throughout the week because like my family's like, um, I know there are a lot of other people who are very fortunate to be able to send their kids to these kinds of types of things. And I, I absolutely acknowledge how lucky I am for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, they always said, you have to do something. You have to do some sort of after school program. Uh, we don't care what it is, but you got to do something. And I did weird things. I did uh, fencing. I did synchronized swimming. I did. <laughs> so I think I was eight years old. I started voice lessons at just like the local music school. And um, from there, I didn't really stop, to be honest. Um, I think there was like a period of time I didn't. But um, when I was in high school, I had this amazing, amazing teacher um, from this this music school. I jumped teachers a couple times. Um, Lindsay. I, I'll avoid last name just in case like she doesn't want to yeah. be talked about. Um, <laughs> and she was my first introduction to classical music because we were doing the RCM. Yes. And so that was my first introduction. But at this time, I was like, I want to be in musical theater. Like there was just nothing else existed in my world <laughs> besides musical theater. And uh, so we would do musical theater stuff and we would do RCM stuff. Um, there was a period of time she taught me piano lessons that did not last. <laughs> and from there, really good thing that I didn't mention names because she did something she technically wasn't supposed to under contract. She brought me to my next teacher because she stopped teaching um, yeah. to study other things. Um, and so she brought me to Shannon Coates. <gasps> Shannon Coates, we forever. We're going to hope to have her on the show one day. Um, they're just amazing. Oh my gosh. Stellar, stellar teacher, stellar pedagogue. Yes. Um, and from Shannon, I, I started to find a little more classical voice. Um, that was through the second half of high school. Okay. And then, um, while I was figuring out post-secondary stuff, cause that's, um, just a thing like my family has always said, we don't care what you do. You just have to do a degree in something. Um, understandably, because the work, the work world is hard. Without, like I've always said, I swear at some point in my lifetime, you'll need a master's degree to work at McDonald's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I swear. It's, yeah. Anyways, so yeah. I was figuring out what I was gonna do, and it was gonna be music. There's nothing else in my world. Um, but I was talking to people about what programs I should do, stuff like that. And I kind of came to the conclusion that I want to do musical theater, but I'm going to study classical music to get my good foundation, my good technique. And then from there, we'll go off and do musical theater. Um, and that, uh, I did that. Um, but then uh, just as the pandemic had started, I had an identity crisis. Um, I should also say that Shannon brought me to Beth. Shannon was the one that recommended Beth. Um, <laughs> And I'm, I'm so glad they did. So in, uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic, like March, 2020, <laughs> I have my little identity crisis because I realized that I want to be an opera singer and not musical theater. Not that I'm going to stop musical theater. I think that'll always be a part of me. 
but it's not the main focus anymore. And so that was Uh, hard to say goodbye because that really brought me to who I was that molded a lot of who I am. Yeah. Um, But I also feel such a big connection to classical music now. And I'm so grateful that I had my little freak out. Yeah. Um, But I remember uh, I had a virtual lesson with Beth um, after deciding this. And I, I told her, Beth, I, I decided I want to be an opera singer. And, uh, she was like, good. Cause I think she secretly wanted it the whole time. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then she talked to me, then she was started talking to me about master's programs. And I was like, wait, I have to do one of those. <laughs> and and so- you were like. Yeah, I thought I was done school after the fourth year. I didn't want to do any more school. Um, But here we are. I think it's it's pretty normal to do it. And there's not a lot of people that get that far without it now. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see what happens in the future. And I'm, I'm, you know, my life is subject to change. And I'm not gonna, you know, reprimand my current self from the future and be like you made a bad decision so that's where I am yeah I we love music I just love I love it because when we have our conversations we talk about how you know we can talk forever about like specific operas or singers or the topic of and we just don't stop you don't stop and I think it's also that we both love to analyze things. Yes. Like, yeah. like, um, just like as an example, when we were talking about uh, Sandra, Sandra Redvanovsky's Tosca, at yeah. the very end, when she, you know, falls off the edge, and <laughs> we were like, her soul just left her body before she fell, like she died before she fell. Like, I wish we could show that right now. Like, I know, but I don't want to get in trouble, right? Because it's not like my video. But holy cow, man. Oh, y'all have to watch it. So how did we become friends? We, we, oh, did you have something? Let's talk about how we became friends. Let's talk, let's talk about it. We touched on it. Program, just a little bit. Because that was a fun program. It was, I recommend this program probably forever. Yeah. And it was the first time they did it like this during the pandemic, right? So we met. Steven. We, we love. <laughs> we adore Steven. We met at the Longreach Opera Workshop. Yes. Uh, but it was, they Virtual. usually do a production. They yeah. usually, yeah, correct, yeah. Yeah. They usually do a production, but I guess it was just language intent. The first time they've ever done a language intensive. Yeah. Um, French and German. French and German. So and- we got to meet a lot of people, which was fantastic work with a lot of different people. We were really lucky. We got to work with each coach that was there. Everybody who basically um, decided to come to the program, we got to work with one-on-one. So like, so lucky that that I found was pretty amazing. But I actually did have a question about the program. What was your biggest takeaway? Hold up. I can edit this part. You don't, you take your time. I think 
Well, there's wasn't one big thing. There were there were a lot of like there were a lot of small tidbits. Working with Steven was uh, super powerful for me. So I I brought in an aria that had a lot of baggage, and um, the way I the way I learned it, the way I performed it, and how I was rehearsing it due to COVID, I I played um, the role of Madame Lidouin in. Dialogue des Carmelites by Poulenc. And so Laurier did it. We did it in person with like four people tops on stage at a time with masks, with singing with masks. So it's hot on stage to begin with without a mask, okay? Like the lights get to me and I'm like, I need space to sing. And I have this mask, the singer's mask, though it had three layers, three plus layers of material. I was like, just give me one piece of material. <laughs> it was made for us, right? To be safe. Yeah, but I think I have mine, like, hang on, keep talking. I think I threw mine out, not gonna lie. <laughs> I was just, I'm so, I was so done with it. Again, I went, I went on stage and not only, it had been so long since I had performed live or on a stage, so I was nervous. I was, oh, is that your singer's masks? Mask? Yeah. I want to see yours. Oh. You look like a duck and I, I think it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. The little, the little bill there. It's really, this one, a friend of my, in my studio made it for me. Wow. Like That's she, amazing. yeah, she was just taking like payment and doing it. It was so good and it's perfect. Wow. I, that's amazing, but I hated the mask. So I would go and you do rehearsals of this aria and sing this aria with this mask on. And I, I don't know, I felt like I couldn't hear, like I, it was just blasting back on my ears. So my ears couldn't hear the piano. We didn't have an orchestra, right? Piano, I had to, there was plexiglass everywhere. And right in front of Emily Hamper who I love so much. Emily Hamper is uh, an amazing musician, human. Anyway, so she was our musical director, but I couldn't see her because there was this huge plexiglass and like sometimes there were shadows and it, she was so helpful trying to make this all work out. But I had so I, I think I really learned some bad habits wearing this mask and singing. So long tangent. For going back to the main point is I had so much baggage with this aria I was was not sending the sound because it was just getting trapped here I felt tension in a lot of places um, and I just wanted to leave this aria for for a long time and just leave it but I brought it to this program because I was like maybe something can help me with this and I swear I went into coaching with Steven and he said a few things he was talking about you know not collapsing at all here yeah, and Farinelli. yeah 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 I think I think I think so I I don't know I was like half like listening but you know sometimes when you're nervous and you're meeting someone so I was like ah, I can't remember everything I should have recorded it but the sound that came out, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And Steven was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, 
yes like can you help me forever so there were a lot of that was so long but i really loved working with steven i had some weird french darkening and i think i would say i would darken a lot of the french too much i do that too um oh gosh and it was just not helping the resonance in my voice so of course steven also did tiny little things like so slow we worked through it but a huge change huge change in the sound so that was good what about you he steven steven lee yeah yeah he is and i when i say this i'm i mean it quite literally I think the smartest person I've ever met. Yeah. He knows so much. It's it's crazy to me. Wow. Um, Even if you're watching this, come on our podcast. Even be on our show. <laughs> um, Flash, be our friend. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, my biggest takeaway. Well, like you said, there were a lot of little things. Like I, it's right here. I this little notebook is like my ah. my torah or my bible like it's you know um but i think i think the thing that rings in my ear constantly was uh there was um, one of donna brown's master classes in the program yeah she said the words um oh it was um give them an offer they can't refuse mm. and that is now how i am going to lead into everything and yeah. like any audition any anything like that i think it um it's in my power yeah to do that, right i it's in my power to prepare that way it's in my power to perform that way yeah nerves and whatever aside yeah and i it like rings it I think I think about it like once a day at least it's it's yeah just phrasing it that way so simple yeah so simple I love it anyways yeah so, um so how, how did this podcast happen so I think <laughs> we were being okay so I would also like to say so inspired by Sandra and Carrie screaming divas it 100% is inspired by the Screaming Diva. I think we were obsessing over the their podcast. Yes. I think... You tell me. And then you texted me. I remember yeah. that. I remember yeah. getting that text and being like, I just knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. What I admire about their podcast, and I don't think they intend to do this, but it just happens, Yeah, is it is so educational <laughs> for people like us. Like... Yeah. We are not even young artists yet. Like we are tiny in this world, but we're young singers. Yeah, and it's it provides almost like a warning in a way, talking about all the like shitty things that happen, all the, yeah. um, all the amazing things too. Yeah, but it really puts into perspective. Okay, so this is what I'm signing up for. Let's prepare ourselves for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and along with it, it's also very entertaining. Yeah, so entertaining. So funny. <laughs> they are hilarious. Um, and sorry, I'll just know. I'll just say a little bit about it. Um, when you when you messaged me, I was like, my I think my you know we were talking about my ideas started spinning, 
And I knew personally, when I started, you know, delving into the world of opera, it's very hard to f start like, okay, I'm going to watch an opera. Okay. What's happening? What just happened vocally? You know, like I could watch master classes online, Joyce, Lizette, <laughs> Renee, <laughs> Renee. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't a lot of, you know, videos I could watch about the process, um, gr uh, you know, learning s certain things, learning about old singers, you know, like singers from the past, um, learning about things that are behind the curtain, right? That we don't learn in an undergrad. We, I, there are so many things that the undergrad program didn't have time to teach us, right? Or to tell us about, um, they don't so, want, they don't want us to see the bad parts of it. And yeah. here's the thing, I, as much as I am part of institutional learning, I don't agree with it because they're really just looking for a cash grab. Let's be honest. They're not going to tell you the bad things about it because they want you to continue coming to school. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, uh, it, I, I, there's a lot of things that, you know, universities have done <laughs> that I'm not super that you know was a difficult I had a difficult journey going through my undergrad um you did finding a teacher that I could really really learn from and I, and I learned a lot along the way and I'm grateful for every person I had come across but it had taken me three years to really find a teacher who you know really inspired me and changed the way I think about singing and technically improved, helped me improve. Like Marianne Bindig was my teacher two years. I love that woman so much. She truly took my voice to the next level. So I'm so grateful for her, but you know, there were some things that we couldn't do together because of program demands or because, you know, I had opera and then I was almost taking choir and like, I had no time to learn about, you know, certain techniques that old singers use that we don't use much now or an we're talking about analyzing and a lot really going deep into things and analyzing that's just happens. You know, you have the four years, the classic four years to do this all. I took an extra year. I was, I was, I don't know if I told you this, but in my second year, I got quite ill. I had some you know, mental health things, but I also had physical problems. I had to get my tonsils and my adenoids removed. Um, and I couldn't really sing through that. So I went part-time and then I ended up dropping everything um, and petitioning for that year to be non-accountable on my record. Um, so I'm so glad I took that year after, like I stopped. I decided to stop. My friends kept on going, they kept on learning and went on the same four year path, but I decided to stop because it was the best thing for me. And that's another thing I, I don't always agree with is the the classic, it, you have to be here for four years and do that in four years or else some somehow you're not doing it right. Or, you know, everybody's journey is different and taking that that break at the time was so painful and I was so upset with myself and I was really 
I felt so guilty. I felt so bad. But it was the best thing for me, truly. And that's what I think that this podcast can really help people know that there's so many different paths. One, there's not just one path to being an opera singer or to being in the opera world. You know what I mean? And it's so true. Like if you look at all of the big names in opera right now, they all had a completely different journey. Completely. And that's what we want to dive into and see and talk to people who have had many different journeys and analyze how they did it. And maybe you can pick bits and pieces from people's different people's journeys. But in the end, it's your own. But we all want to learn. I think that is the biggest thing about this. I, this is something I desire so much is to grow as a person, to grow as a human. And, and as a musician, a singer, there are so many things more that I want to learn and that we need to learn, I think. So this podcast is a good, I think, a good uh, space for us to do that. I agree. Yeah, like kind of going like we kind of had like goals in terms of what we actually want to provide here for ourselves and for viewers, right? Yeah. Um, besides entertainment, obviously we want to be entertaining too. Um, but like I, I agree with you. Like I get very excited about learning. Like I took a year off before auditioning for masters because I wanted to know who I was not as a student, yeah. and all I've learned is that I want to be a student. Like yeah. Like I'm, you know, taking certifications and extra courses and stuff like that, um, like throughout this next year. And I'm not a student, but I'm just doing that of my own accord. So yeah, that hasn't ended. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so also, though, also, too, we wanted to create a podcast, a forum of basically doing what the Screaming Divas are doing kind of unintentionally, but from the perspective of young singers. Yes. Because I feel like the questions we have will be what a lot of other people our age have as well. And it is quite a niche market. I don't really care who watches, though. Yeah. Um, Just whoever does maybe get some tidbits of things that they didn't know before. Or that they can, like, think about in their own mind. Yeah, and, like, I'm excited for, like, the the people that we have, you know, queued up for the next few episodes. Yeah, I know these people personally, or most of them at least. Yeah. But I haven't really gotten this opportunity to ask them these questions, right? And so now, not only am I going to learn from their experiences, but, you know, maybe three other people will too. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's I think it's so interesting. And I also think both of us want to create a space for for mistakes to be made. Yeah. And for yeah. that to be okay. And also to learn not just about opera too, like like let's talk about the real issues in the world as well, in relation to opera perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps not. Like I you know, racism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia ableism all that stuff yeah I think is an important thing to give people voices for yes exactly and, you know we're I'm excited for who we have coming to yeah and as and as students and as as 
singers who will be hopefully traveling the world and sharing our voice, we have to be in tune with these things and be connected to everyone in the world. And I think it's so important that no matter who you are, what you're doing, we take the time to just learn together and be together and um, enjoy ourselves together, but truly, you know, let's evolve and and take the time yourself to learn because learning's beautiful. It is, it truly is. It gets me so excited. Like when I, I learn something new. I'm like, woo! Oh my gosh, like, okay. I'm gonna tell them about yesterday. So yeah. we, we asked our teachers, since we have the same teacher, if we could audit each other's lessons. Right? Yes. So yesterday we did, we got to for the first time and we had back-to-back lessons. So we were just on for the whole time. And like, I learned so much in my lesson, but I also learned so much from yours. Yes. I also learned more about your voice because your, your voice is cool. Like your voice is massive and fantastic and I'm so excited. But it's just so interesting hearing it from, because we are both sopranos, but different voices. Different 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 so cool to learn about yeah it's it's we were talking and and a lot of the things that are my weaknesses are your strengths and 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 you know so that's so cool to to see that in action also and learn through that um because i have so much more learning to do let's talk about color to i'm crying days days okay Maybe. but you i'm working on it i will get it you are and seriously like the way you were talking about it to me before i actually got to hear it yesterday sounded worse than what you actually did thank you you like impressed me seriously though so i wasn't expecting it and then you came out of there and i was like oh i've i've got lots to learn but i'm excited to learn it and although sometimes it makes me want to cry I know that some things that make me want to cry are there to teach me. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to know where we sit. Yeah. In, and I don't, you know, love comparing myself, but I think it's important to know where you sit with the rest of the people around you. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, I, I know I'm not the best. And let's also talk about the fact that we're still young. But I, I know I am far from the best, but I know for sure that I am not the worst. Yeah. But that where my strengths are, I know what my weaknesses are to work on, and I know what things, based on the anatomy, I'll probably never be able to do. Yeah. Probably. But again, still young, voice still grows. Voice still grows, and, and, you know, there's things that, when we were talking, we were talking. When you just said there are some things that you may not ever do due to anatomy, which is true, but we can also delve into those things. And although we won't do it professionally, it's so good to even just try it and like Absolutely. explore. And you know, a lot of times fall flat in our faces, but you learn so much through that. Um, it's so exciting. Um, I wanted to say something else. Um, but I can't remember classic me. But I think, yeah, like, this is not the field to play ignorant. No. Like, know, know who you are, I think. And I've heard that from 
professionals as well. Know where you sit and don't be, you know, yeah, oblivious to it. Yeah. But I agree. And I, I think what you were saying about diving into the things that you know you'll be able to do. I'm obsessed with mezzo rep. I'm, I love it. Like, I yeah. will never play Carmen. I will likely never play Rosina. Though some sopranos do. Deanna Damaro. But who? But I, it's, it's not going to happen for me. And that's okay. Yeah. But that being said, uh, Una Voce is my comfort song. It's, I, wow. if yeah. I have the time, I use it at the end of my warm-up just to feel comfortable. Minus the low notes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And you know me. I love low notes. I love... That's what I'm trying to gain for you. I, you know, I'm a young singer, so I'll always take advice and I'll always learn. But there's something that's just different. It hits different when a soprano can just go down. It adds depth and beauty to music and I think there's a lot of the time that people leave out half of their voice because they're a soprano right and um so it I'm just like whoop I'm gonna learn to sing really low and use some chest voice I'm not gonna I'm gonna be respectful to the composers and do it tastefully I'm not gonna be like all the time but I think it's it's really cool to dive into and and I, I agree with you and I think it's part of healthy technique like there was um I was reading about this there was a period of time when they thought that chest voice was bad for you yeah and yeah. now the tables are kind of turning back around um to there are still people who still think chest voice is bad in opera there are. um I respectfully disagree especially yeah. coming from musical theater true the crossover Um, yeah like there are a lot of people that I've come across who think that musical theater is going to wreck your voice and I will say this without proper training it's possible for sure yeah but with good technique musical theater is not I've been singing musical theater for what almost 10 years yeah pretty consistently yeah and like my voice has only grown and gotten better along with the technique yeah and i i think that this is something maybe if you want to hear more about things like this as well analyzing old singers that's something i brought to you simi i think it's so important for young singers to to analyze singers and their lives and how they got there and but also analyze their performances and technique they use and things like that if you listen to old singers they're gonna chest it up it's true so i just find that so interesting because so many people think that the era of the divas there's no you know like the last or they called renee the last diva it's gonna turn around it's gonna come back i know it is (laughs) Watch out. Just kidding. Just kidding. Watch out. Watch out, Renee. So, so <laughs> no, we love you, Renee. <laughs> we love Renee. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think that, you know, if you're interested in learning about singers, let us know. Beverly. Beverly. 
Oh, yes. Look at this Actually, quote. That's something I'm so interested to talk to you about because I think I've just, like, when I say just, I mean, like, in the last couple weeks, transitioned my mind to, like, oh, I don't need to try to, I don't want to sound like somebody. Yeah. Because for the longest time, I was trying to find um, a singer, like, a known singer that yeah. I could kind of look to for myself. Mm. And I, in my looking, I can't find anybody that I sound similar enough to for my own satisfaction. And, and that's like beautiful. It. You like it. Exactly. Yeah. That is a good thing. And, and it's always a good thing, you know, I think to find role models and people you can model after, but it can be multiple, like pick all the fantastic things you admire and and love in a singer because you know i look back and i'm watching old videos of even tenors tenors Gili and tito skipa and there's just something that moves you in their technique in the in the in what they choose technically in certain pieces and you know not everybody does it the same way now but I can go to a piece and listen because now we're so so lucky that we can just type 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 and look it up okay and watch like these amazing singers sing their most beautiful arias or art songs and you can go and look at the piece you're working on and whatever makes you feel the most whatever it is you want to feel see what they did technically see what they chose um you know or did they crescendo or did they take a pause or or where are their breaths like i love analyzing things like that and that's what creates emotion and yeah i have a question do you have any i'm like for me it's youtube i've I'm so lucky to have YouTube as one of my resources, but I've probably been using it as the biggest resource in my music education just to listen and hear and see what people do. Do you have any, like, videos, like, performances or anything like that that you, like, constantly come back to? Hmm. So this is not an old singer, but I'm obsessed with Lizette. <laughs> we all know that. I think we all know that. Um, I I sung for Lizette twice last year in quarantine. Um, and honestly, watching and listening to all her master classes that she did, I learned so much. So there are things that I I specifically go to Lizette's videos and I analyze them because. There's something about Lizette is not only her voice is beautiful, but the musicianship that she has, I want, right? And um, so I will go to certain videos. Okay, I'm not going to really sing Sempre Libera ever. <laughs> Traviata. Oh. oh my god, I can only pray my voice will do that. I will try. I love it so much, but I love just listening to different things she does in in recording. So I'll go to Lizette a lot. Another favorite singer I have is Monserrat Caballé. Yeah. There are a lot of things. I mean, there was a time 
where they really romanticized every type of rep. So I think that's not always good, you know, because it's not allowed these days, you know, you can't. <laughs> we want to be true to the composer. Yeah, true to the composer. But a lot of things I will go to Montserrat Cavalier and see what she does and see if she allows herself to go into chest voice. That's that's how I make decisions as well because there's a time and place for it, right? So those are not specific videos, but those are specific singers. Oh well, yeah. What about you? Um Diana Damro. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, okay, no, no, no. So I would say like my first introductions to opera were um when I was in high school we had um an opera singer come in and like do a little bit a presentation about opera and stuff like that wow. um and um uh I think she showed two videos um and these were like my I I just remember them because they they took me aback yeah. and it was Deanna Demerau's um Near the night, of yeah. course, and then um, uh, uh, Cecilia Bartoli's uh, Agitata. Oh my gosh, yeah, and those always kind of like I don't analyze those ones as much, but I those are like my home base a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that was like your opening, yeah, yeah, it's just like a little Entrance. sentimental thing, but I would say one that I, I could probably listen to on repeat for days is um uh Pavarotti's uh, oh. uh Dorma yeah oh yeah and I one of my vinyl albums one of my Pavarotti albums has yeah. it oh my gosh and hearing it on record oh man so good so good so yeah I think those are like and there are several that videos that I come back to I'm not gonna list them all but um, yeah, like I, I analyze technique and I look at the character choices they make, Yeah, you know, finding that it's okay to disagree with them. Yeah. Like, um, Queen of the Night, for example, I, I, you've, you've, uh, seen me do an aria from it. Yes. Um, though I probably won't be singing the role anytime soon. And the, the choices that I've made are very different from yeah any one I've seen on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's freedom in that, you know? Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could just talk about this forever. Oh, my God. Um, Me too. But anyways, this is good. This is going to be my favorite. I think we should bring this question to every person. Okay. My favorite question. The why. What is your why? You go first. Me too. Okay. My why. First of all, I want to start with, I think, I think a person's why is constantly molding and changing. Yes. Do you my dog in the back? I do. Good. Um, <laughs> I think it's- Good! <laughs> no, no, no. Music to my ears or something. <laughs> I think it's something that's constantly changing because we as human beings are constantly changing. And I think our experiences, our thoughts, our opinions, they change over time sorry I just... are you laughing at my dog yeah it's loud <laughs> it's okay oh. because we're talking about a secret i mean sorry a serious conversation <laughs> <laughs> i 
I also, if I, if that part goes in the video, I need to preface, Donald was not named after Donald Trump, okay? He was named Oh after my gosh! Him and his sister, Daisy. Um, anyways. Oh! I know, I know. But it's okay, sorry. Okay, anyways. I think it's important to forgive when your why has changed. Yeah. My, my current why, and I've just arrived at this one in the last two months, and I love it so much, is because I have something to say. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna be somebody who's just gonna do an opera for the sake of doing an opera. And yes, sometimes that's how it's gotta go to pay the bills. You just yeah. gotta do something you don't wanna do, whatever. Yeah. But I need to find a reason for it to be performed. And this is something I will talk to directors about. Why is this a story we need to bring to the world right now? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. um, the example I always talk about is Cozy, Cozy Pantute. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? And it's because it's still relevant. Uh, like, and I know there's a divide in that. Like, what are we really teaching with this and blah, blah, blah. And I think when directed properly or having a dialogue with the audience as to why this is being performed. Yeah. It's powerful because we see one side of things, the, the way that it was intended to be performed, I suppose we could say, is to show that, um, you know, in this case, we are generalizing women by these two girls yeah. in this opera um, to be non-faithful, whatever. And then when I watch it, I see these two men trying to play tricks on women and also not saying no, not taking no for an answer. Yeah. So let's let's kind of have a bit of a dialogue as to, is in like that sense, right? So that is my current why. Yeah. Love What's it. What's your why? My why. So in general, I, I work on my why in life a lot, whether that has to do with, you know, my singing or other goals and things I work on. A why has to move you. Your why has to make you get out of bed when you don't want to. Your why has to make you go practice when you would rather go out. You know, like a why has to be so powerful and it has to move you deep inside. And I think a why is so closely aligned with your purpose in life. And I know there's a lot of people who are still figuring it out. And I want to say that that's okay. That is like, fig do what you want and take your time to figure it out because life is going to move on and it will probably change as we talked about. Your why will change as your purpose change as you change. Um, but I know my why is to, is to be a vessel to serve and to make people feel something. So that I can use my voice to have somebody who's watching me feel something inside their soul. Feel them want to improve or feel them want to learn about something that they may have not really cared about before. But through my voice, my goal is to make people feel something through music. That is my why. That's what gets me up in the morning. I want... I also want people to know that 
they're worthy of of feeling unconditional love and um through this podcast i hope that we can inspire other young singers to go big go for your big dreams your big goals take risks and uh just like believe in yourself and i hope that through this i make you feel that in your body in your mind in your soul um to just feel something because i think that's so important too it's it's kind of the catapult to doing something or to making a decision for your life is that it's that first it's that feeling um so that's that's kind of my why <laughs> i feel that from you because and like <laughs> I think one of the great things about our friendship is that we both geek out about opera so intensely. Yeah, yeah. So intensely. And I don't have a lot of other people I can do that with. Yeah. And I think just because we're so similar in our energy level and yeah. many other things, I, I attribute it to being Gemini's. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's true. Like, I feel like I can go full, like how excited I am about it with you because you give that back to me. Yeah. And that's what makes it so fun. And that's why we stay on FaceTime for three hours. For so long. Yeah. I know. I totally feel that. Oh, so exciting. It's so good. I feel like it's like nice to have these conversations. I hope people who watch can also feel our energy and feel what we're feeling when we talk about this. I hope so. Yeah, that's the, because what was I saying just before we started? Oh, uh, it's, we're just having our Zoom call. Yeah, just our regular convo. We just happen to be recording. Yeah. And then editing it and then putting it on the internet for people to see. Yeah. But hey, I'm having a great time. Me too. Oh, that's good. Avoiding the news. We avoid the news, both of us. Yeah. Um I say I would say we are consciously not spending time watching the news. We consciously make an effort to educate ourselves on what's happening, yes. but we are not going to stick in a spot that's going to just make us feel hopeless. Absolutely. I because- will, I've been doing this since high school probably where i don't i don't watch the news or listen to the news on the radio and my dad in particular does not like that i do that yeah because he feels that i'm in keeping myself naive to you know whatever and it i'm i'm not i know what the issues in the world are i'm very conscious i'm very involved in many of them um you know just like Okay, so yeah, I'm gay and non-binary, so there's that. I'm also Jewish. Yeah. So these are, like, issues that are still relevant, right? Um, And those are not the only issues, right? There's a massive list of, you know, things. And um, I know about all these issues. What I don't want is to know every time there's a hate crime. Every time there's, you know a natural disaster, all of this stuff, because then it puts me in this mental state of, 
uh, okay, everything's horrible and I can't do anything. And like, I, I'm very open about the fact that I have anxiety, depression. Yeah. And so I'm trying to avoid putting myself in, you know, a little bit of a depression hole where I am unable to help solve these problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's good to know, like, news on the TV and news on the radio is not always just news. Um, you know, I would rather read an article and educate myself than hear it, you know, it's very hard to hear something and I have to take ownership of my state, you know, like I will take ownership of how that's going to make me feel, but that's my decision to turn, you know what I mean? But there are some times that you just listen to the news and it's just on and on and on and and it's just too i want to be educated and i want to i want to hear what's happened i want the truth and then i want to learn from it and help you know like that's that's like my when i see something like that i'm like okay i have to know this is happening um i have to be aware i have to educate myself more than just watching the news because you're not going to you know, you can't just watch the news to be educated. <laughs> you have to really take responsibility and take action yourself to go learn more. And I think that process for me, after I find something out, is way more empowering and way more in a different state than just listening to this all the time. It's It sucks a lot. Personally, I I really match energies a lot of the time you know, and I feel other people's things. And that's something that I know that I have to work on creating a boundary, creating an energetic boundary for myself. That's, that's me, right? I'm, I'm, a, I can allow things to come in or not to come in. But I know that it's going to be hard sometimes, right? So yeah. it's so, so hard. I'm so glad you brought up truth. Yeah. Because I think in a lot of ways, the, you know, if we're just talking about, like, the news on TV, yeah. they do put a lot of effort into finding out what the actual truth is. But yeah. an example I like to say to, you know, put in the extra research, put in the extra work, is um, back when George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. And there were protests. And the news was broadcasting that protesters were looting. And uh, then I um, actually saw a TikTok of someone who is a person of color, and so they were very involved in this discussion, which is fantastic. They completely changed my outlook, so then I could tell other people to change my outlook, because they said, instead of hearing what they're saying, that protesters were looting, change the perspective to looters were taking advantage of the protest. Which is true, right? Uh, and I yeah. and it blew my mind. It was fantastic, and I wish I could remember who it was. I would, I would love to, you know, put that out in the world. But it's true. We need to put in that extra work to find out. Okay, what? There are two sides to every story. What side? We're gonna hear both. What side yeah. do we want to fight for? Yeah, yeah. Or are we trying to fight for both of them? Yeah. Which yeah. I think is, is true in many cases as well. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. And uh, 
it's so it's so hard because we live in a, in a time where it's hard to find truth I think and I, I know that a lot of people get stuck in something that really isn't truth and and that comes with emotional manipulation and that's what you know a lot of this can happen <laughs> a lot of the time so by taking yourself out of that space where it's emotion emotion like trying to pinpoint emotions like do your research and really try and and um take take an action and learn yourself and i think it's important to to feel and see what people are feeling but not in a way that it's going to stop you you know what i mean like it's going to hurt you it's very it's very hard because so many people have gone through so many different things and news is very intense it's very intense yeah. it's a lot of negative in the news there's it's i like i don't know what the actual percentage division is but i i would say it's mostly negative stuff yeah so. i know before we okay. start before we start. Before we start. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Why do you have such a cool mug? It's so cute, but it's left-handed. <laughs> and I am not left-handed. I am. It's so cute. Babe, really? Yeah, I'm left-handed. Oh my god, I did not know that. Wow. <gasps> See, you know what? Wait, well, your violin is left-handed? No, I just regular. Oh. Just, but. Are there but... left-handed violins? Um, I think they're very, very rare. Like, I don't, I think you have to learn how to, so my violin is, all violinists have their violin on their left shoulder. They yeah. both their right hand and they use fingers with their left. We acknowledge that together we reside, learn, and create on the land of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabewaki, Mississauga, Wendaki, Neonwensio, and neutral people. We seek re-indigenization. We stand with the Indigenous community and welcome Indigenous voices on this platform. We are grateful to be working and learning on and about this land. And we honour these communities as the traditional stewards of these lands. Oh, you look, I just have to say, you look so beautiful. <gasps> Thanks. It's true. You do. I love you. I love you. Okay. We are both really bad at words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we trip over our words. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, I guess I'll say that. Sometimes I trip no, over my words. No, I do too. Sometimes. It's so funny that we both are talkers, but we're bad at words. But we're bad at words because we're blah, 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 talk, 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 talk. And uh, I was never actually good at English or things like that when I was in high school. I liked math. I enjoyed math. And the thing I liked about learning French, because I was a French immersion, is I could, like, I could memorize the tables of grammar and like 
analyze it compared to different ones and memorize it. I didn't know because I'm talking or I'm like reading a book. I, I was bad at English. I was, I'm just, I'm, t I'm so glad I'm over that part of my life. Although I do still have to learn you know, poetry and appreciate language and undertones of languages. And, but there's the analysis that I can, I can get excited about, but yeah. Well, I'm I think, oh, sorry. Mathematical, theoretical, that oh, type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm also very mechanical mind. Like I love math. I really enjoyed physics. It was a great time. But I think it's so funny because when I listen to people talking about putting their character for opera together, they look at the poetry first. And I'm not going to say that I'm going to live by the way I do it now for the rest of my life. Maybe things will change. Maybe I'll find another way. But I always look at the music first because that is what informs me first. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean there. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I yeah. really... I have, I've had to really work on connecting language to the music, but music is the main source of my feeling and inspiration. Like that is where I find bits and pieces in the music that align with the poem, but I go to the music first, yeah. to be honest. That's just me personally. So I think that I... I think it's good to learn the other way, but I, my mind doesn't primarily go that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. And I think it's it's different for each person, for sure. Like, yeah. I'm sure even though we kind of approach it from the same perspective, we have a different way of doing it. Yes. But, like, yeah, it's interesting. I was going to say, in, in the program we did together, there were two poem analysis classes and that was really cool. It was interesting. But it was very difficult for me at first. I was like, um, okay, what's the music behind this? Where, which, which? But I mean, there's poems that have multiple different pieces of music attached to the poem, too. So I think it's cool to look at a poem and see the different music that's been attached by different composers and compare that. Like, uh... Oh, uh, what was the one I did? Uh, mandolin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I did the Debussy, I think. Debussy. But then there are two other composers. Dupont? Like, yeah. I think. I think. I, I don't know. Maybe I, don't I did know. the Dupont. Now I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, I love, I love doing that. It's so interesting to see how different people interpreted it. But actually, yeah. I have a question. When yeah. you read, do you sometimes find that you've read a paragraph and you didn't process any of it and you have to go back? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That happens often because my mind's usually running. My mind's going off or I'm thinking about something else or I really struggle focusing. I mean processing multiple things at once <laughs> my brain just doesn't like it so I get easily distracted one I forget what I'm talking about I'm like squirrel like that's me in a nutshell seriously truly so if I'm reading I can just be like my eyes are going over the words I'm reading the words 
but I didn't take anything in at all. Yes. Like nothing, absolutely nothing. I yeah. completely understand. And that's probably part of the reason that English didn't work out for me. So <laughs> I know it's hard. And it's bad because I, you, we both love learning. We already talked about this and I'm reading a pedagogy book right now. And it's amazing. But like I breeze past whole paragraphs and I'm like, I, I didn't catch that. And then I have to read it like three times. To understand it. Well, some pedagogy books are, let's say, not very entertaining the entire time. <laughs> no, but, you know, we, we digress. Okay, this is a separate question. Yes. Um, and I, it actually, I just I just was curious for some reason, so I, I wrote it down before we started, to, so I remember to ask. Yeah. Do you have a favorite note to sing? Like, is there just, like, a sweet spot? Maybe I've asked you this before, and I can't remember. I don't think you have. Probably a low note, too. Yeah, you do love your chest. I, I want it. I think that note, I feel, like, good in my chest. There's just something about when your voice... Sharp. What is it? G sharp. That one. Around that range, there's something when you feel vibrations in your chest that it like the energy that goes through it gets to your heart it roots you and i just you know i i also did a lot of learning about sound healing and chanting and um scientifically what it does within your body and to your brain and the chemicals in your brain and energies and i love learning about that but that low the low notes that you feel resonance in your chest Oh, there's nothing like that when you sing that. For healing purposes and for grounding purposes, I love singing there. It's just so, so beautiful. What about you? I see. I see. There's just no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to keep that in. Oh. I see. Okay. Well, no, okay. In all seriousness, here's the thing, because you know I live up there. It's it's a, it's easy for me up there, but not so much in the lower stuff. But like I sing like B flat B, and it's just like it's good. It feels fine, but it just doesn't ring like C does. Like yeah. there's like this sweet spot. I don't know what it is in my resonance or whatever, but it just it feels so good, and it I you know, listen back to my, my yeah. when I can emotionally handle it. And I like, it sounds like a sweet spot. It, it is. No, I feel, I feel that. I feel that once I hit a C, it's a, it's a different, it's a different space. I think like it's a different section of space for Where me is, in, in my voice. Where's your passaggio? Okay, cool. Never mind. Continue. Where's yours? How do you figure that out? Um, I figured mine <laughs> I figured mine out because it was hard to sing those notes. But I could sing above it. 
Um, it's like F top of the staff. Okay, wait. If we can, we can put, we can take this out, but I, I want to figure this out. Wait, how did you figure that out? How I figure out my passaggio? Yeah. Um, like my high one. I I the low one's still mucky area for me because you know, like I don't know chess scores as much. Um, but the there was like I would sing stuff in that area. Like oh, some of the songs just kind of lived in that area, and it was hard. Really so hard to sing those songs. Yeah, it felt like it was difficult. Yeah. There's I it's round. I think I have one in A and B like on the staff. Is that a passaggio? That, a and B. That be your lower one though, because you you have notes up. Excuse me, up there. Yeah, but you know, like A B on the staff. Yeah, I yeah. Suck at singing that. Not gonna lie, A B. Like, oh, maybe that's not your lower one because that's a that's a high place for it to be your lower one. I think my I think my lower one is like E E flat at the bottom of the staff. Oh, really? See, I this is this is interesting to me because this is, yeah I don't know much about this and I love learning about this. Well, I mean, it's nice that you don't feel it when you sing. <laughs> like, you don't have that, like, break, you know? I really, for two years that I worked with Marianne, we worked a lot on smoothing out um, all my registers, registers, resonant spots. Um, And we did yodels. Did I show you what I, we did? Yes, and I called them goat warm-ups. Yeah, yeah. And, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so like from head to chest, I say head to chest because I don't always agree with those terms. It's where you feel the resonance, I think. It's not different mechanisms happening. But yeah, A and B, I really struggle to find a good spot and it depends on the vowel. If I sing E, I'm fine all the way through, to be honest. Interesting. Okay. My, my A... Wait, could you have a piano near you? Yeah. Can you play? Um. Play. E. Ha, uh, low E. Below the staff. E. E. I can't go that low today. Wait, E? Was that E? Yeah, E. This is and do the high one? Do the high one? Oh, now I hear Hannah. Sounds good. I know. Did you hear that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a... T so that's where it is. That was like head, chest first and then head. I'm mad at you. What? I'm it's so I love learning about how it it's like moves. We're getting off topic. I know we have our podcast, no, but you have to do a lesson sometime. Well, yeah, we're gonna do that. Like, it felt super. Did you allow yourself to go belty chest? Well. 
it's supposed to, I know. I never felt the permission that I could before, before I, I worked with Marianne. I always felt like it was ugly and whatever, but beautiful. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't, I don't press it very much. Um, cause I'm still trying to work on putting it a little more in the mask so that there's more sound. Cause it, uh -huh. it gets quiet for me after, like, if I'm singing up here and then I try to go down here, it's gone. So really? Put it more here so that I have sound instead of it just airing out. I'm trying to think about where I put it when I'm low. Did you hear? Like it was super intense. Like I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm gonna smooth it out. I think that's your passaggio. Can you do that again? Uh, <laughs> I do that inhale crackle. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. So what I learned was that even if it's like unvoiced, low notes, it helps you like keep it smooth. And then maybe one day you'll get it. But I don't. I can't. I can't hit that note. Uh, I I um occasionally use vo vocal fry during my warm up. I I it's so so many people hate it. I know people. It's bad. Lizette even actually talks about it. She and and my teacher Marianne had spoken about it. The inhale crackle is used by people who are rehabilitating their voices. It's like a controlled vocal cord massage. Not out, in. I just have to say it's really funny to hear that sound come out of you <laughs> but, I, but it's it's very interesting genuinely in it and it sometimes when i i feel like scratchy i will do it that inhale vocal crackle and it'll be gone or i would do it when i was trying to sing hi But don't do it too much just a couple yeah. times but it is it's been used for Holy people God. who are rehabilitating their voice this is so cool i love this stuff like i love this stuff following the resonance and smoothing this stuff out is basically what i've been working on for a really long time and i think that it if i don't say so myself it's going to set me apart from other sopranos because I, I value this register and I value all the different colors that our voices can create. We don't always have to have the same, same resonance space for an E, right? Like it can be different all the time and knowing how to change the voice to do that is going to be so cool. That is wicked. I also just have to say your ah, your bright ah. I, I'm jealous. <laughs> my ah? Yeah, because I always darken and I'm trying to train myself out of it, like, especially in my French. Oh, so I would, I had the problem of that. Um, uh, I think almost uh, uh, sometimes, like, U-H, uh, uh, 
like a like a more open yeah uh yeah and i uh, inhale crackle before i do that wow i can't wait for our lessons i know i'm so excited but can i tell you my awe changed when i strengthened my lower register and i strengthened being able to use my chest voice but also because there's a different like when i talk about chain on a note where you can be like ah, it's the same vowel but a different resonance space yeah the same oh absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's so freaking cool i love this okay. see we're geeks this is oh my god no this is so interesting like disclaimer 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 we know what we're talking about right now, but in yeah. a year from now, we're going to be like, we didn't know what the heck we were talking about. But the thing, works. Yeah, the thing that I say is what, what works for me at the moment and what I feel that feels good for me. So yeah. it feels like this is personally in my voice, in my body that feels good. But everyone's different. Everyone learns differently. Everyone has different pedagogy, so. Okay. <laughs> I need new mugs. One collection that I do really love and will continue to grow. I love. Because I drink, I drink tea. And I try yeah. to limit myself because I don't want to be spending hundreds of dollars on tea. All the time. We are investing in ourselves. Yes, we are, but water's free. So, <laughs> but yeah, and this one, this one I also wouldn't drink out of because it's plastic. Oh. So oh. I, I would worry about hot and stuff. I, I was. Now can be our. Should we name him? What should we name him? <gasps> or them? Or her? It's up to you. I, I need it to be you. <sighs> Okay, wait. Um, like a composer, maybe, or a singer. Okay, let me think. I ha I have to listen to my intuition first. I don't know. No, well, you, had what you had one. Do? You had one. I saw it in your eyes. You saw it in my eyes. First thing that came up, I was like, Frankie. <laughs> His name's Frankie. His name's Frankie. Frankie. <laughs> What time is it? It's rapid fire. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. Let's let's talk about this. So. Yeah. Um, this is not an original idea. <laughs> yeah, this is not our original idea. Um, putting them in cups and drawing them is our idea. But this is inspired by the OG Screaming Divas show. Ooh, they got it from Inside the yeah. Actor Studio. Oh, inside the act. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, and sorry. So I, we should also say that some of these we did also take from them. Yes. And some of them we came up with as well. Yes. I almost fell. <laughs> you go first. I go first. Okay. And we are both answering these? Yes, we're both going to answer them. 
fan person or fangirl over? <laughs> Lizette Oropesa? Like, y'all don't even know. Lizette changed my life. Also, like I've said multiple times in this video, musicianship, technique, just everything. Like, I love, uh, there's so many more, but like Lizette is always at the top. Yeah, I know. There are more people. I think I think mine changes depending on what opera I'm currently looking at or you know whatever. Um, I think we should also say that like Carrie and Sandra. I was just gonna say I was just gonna say. Can I just say that also both of them definitely top my list. Oh yeah, them. absolutely. Yeah. Oh gosh, you know. It's so hard because, again, I don't know of any singers that I sound like, but I will say I I do really love a lot about Joyce D. Donato. Yes, like we love. I I don't even know what I would do if I were if I were to ever meet her. Like I would probably prepare questions because I have <laughs> so many for her. <gasps> oh my god, smart. She's smart. She's so oh yeah. Smart. Um. Diana Damrau, I think many coloratura people, I think for myself. Um, oh, yeah. no, one, oh gosh, okay. Alina Garancha. <gasps> yeah. That voice? Yeah. I, I, I've never heard anything like it. It's amazing. Oh, Leonard, I love. The Leonard, I'm yeah. Obsessed. I, I think, I have a thing for mezzos. Yeah. We do love mezzo voices. Also, pretty amazing. Oh, Yende? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. just oh, dying. You know what? Because <laughs> Karen Slack, love. I love her. Karen Slack. Yeah. So amazing. I, since we're, we're talking about a lot of mezzos and sopranos, I do have to throw in Juan Diego Flores. Oh, yes. I love his voice. I him. Yes, I'm also going to mention Javier Camarena. Oh, absolutely. Love. I saw, I was at the Met when I was young, and I saw the 10-minute standing ovation in the, in the Met, in the middle of the opera for Cendrillon, or La Cenarentola, sorry, not Cendrillon. <laughs> La Cenarentola Rossini. Same same story base about Cinderella. Yeah, you know. language. <laughs> oh my gosh! But wow, amazing. Yeah. You know amazing. what? I... Also, sorry, yeah, go. No, Lawrence Brownlee. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh Are you kidding me? Did I meet him one day? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Okay. Well, wait. Can we also talk about um, for a quick second? Uh, people that we have seen or met because you, you you've met Lizette virtually virtually ha, who who have you like seen or other people you've met that's it okay that's it <laughs> you probably have a huge list okay tell me okay but it's it's crazy to me because these people were from before I knew what I was getting myself into. This was this was before I wanted to be an opera singer. You didn't even know what I you had no clue 
who you were in the presence of. Well, yeah, okay, so first of all, I saw The Screaming Divas in Annabelena in Toronto at the COC, okay? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know who they were. I just got emotional. You don't even know. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're kidding. No, I'm serious. I even, because I didn't realize. And then I, I. Look at my eyes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> David, wow. Like, that's beautiful. No, that's amazing. I remember walking away from it being astounded. Yeah. Like, I had no idea what it meant, like what, you know? And so I was just, I was just completely flabbergasted by how amazing it was. But it was recently I realized that I saw them because from the pod, the Screaming Divas podcast, I found out that they did uh, Ana Belena in the COC. And I was like, oh, I saw that. Let me see if it was that year, whatever. And I, it was. I, I saw that. It was amazing. Um, I went to the Met a few years ago. Um, and I saw the 50th anniversary of Placido Domingo's uh, debut. Wow. And I met him. I shook his hand. Again, I didn't know who he was. Okay? My ignorant little buttski. I didn't know who I didn't know I was shaking the hand of Placido Domingo. I just thought I was shaking Did, the hand did of you meet other people that night too? I also met um Aprile Milo. Yeah. Wow. An extraordinaire. Amazing. Yes. But so actually I know a I met Aprilo because she wasn't singing. She was there to see Michael Fabiano. <gasps> I met him too. <laughs> because, you met Michael Fabiano? Yes, because he belongs to that studio. And one of my friends belongs to that studio. And so that's why I went to New York. I went with her. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Fabiano, if you're listening. <laughs> Can I meet you one day, please? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't, I did not realize who the hickety heck I was talking to. Oh my gosh. I didn't really talk to Michael. I didn't, I didn't want to impose on their world, right? Yeah. So I was there, I was eating my spaghetti and, you know, enjoying my time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. People, I've seen, um, this was at school. I've seen Jane Archibald. I watched, oh, yeah. I watched her Messiah, actually. Yes. I got my parents. Leave it to me to get my parents tickets to Messiah for Hanukkah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I brought my Jewish parents <laughs> to Messiah. For I'm Hanukkah. crying. I'm crying. Really funny. Um, so I funny. saw uh, Adrian Pachanka. Pachanka. Oh yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. She adjudicated um me before. So she's heard my voice. No way. Yeah, so like I like cry. She played Madame Lidouane at the Met and her wife teaches at U of T. So I hope to meet Laura really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's interesting. Yeah. It's so amazing. So cool. Okay. Super cool. You wanna draw? Yes, sorry, I draw one. Know, these are rapid fire, but we're gonna go on a tangent every single. No, I know we can't. These gotta be rapid. I can't. It's fine. I don't know. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning. Chug water. Chug. Oh, like, you're... like a liter, a liter and a half. I like need to hydrate. 
first thing I do in the morning is grab my phone. <laughs> so bad, so bad. It's a bad habit. And then I go to the washroom <laughs> with my phone. Amazing. Wait, do no. you, okay, so are you checking messages? Are you checking like uh, social media? I'm, first, I'm checking messages. Okay. Usually, uh, my boyfriend wakes up early and goes to work. So, by the time I wake up, I already have a text. So, I have to answer that text. Sometimes I forget. Um, and then, there's like a billion messages that I suck at answering. So, sometimes in the morning, I'm like, I got to look at these. I'm like the worst texter. So, I, <laughs> I go to my phone and I'm like, oh my gosh, so many messages. Is there any, are there any important emails? And then I make note of them, but forget. <laughs> I forget to answer. So I usually like watch a video on my phone in the morning. Sometimes I'll do like, you know, I'll watch something motivational in the morning while I'm in the washroom. But there's that. That's good. I, yeah, yeah no. Being in the morning is important to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you are a way better caller than I am. Yeah, I call. You, yeah, you're, you're kind of breaking me out of my comfort zone with it, which is good. Because um, I, 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 when I see a phone call on my phone, if it's not, like, my parents, even sometimes if it is my parents, I'm like, something's bad, something went wrong. And it's our generation. Like, our generation's not used to phone calls, for sure. And then there's me. What the heck is she calling me for again? But now I'm getting used to it, and I'm actually, I'm I'm starting to call you. Oh my gosh, when we were on FaceTime, and you, and I was texting Beth, and you said, just call her. I have never felt nervousness like that. To talk <gasps> really? I was oh my Because Beth and I have been on the phone one other time to discuss something that I don't need to talk about on here. No. Uh, and I, like, that was the only other time. So anyways. And I was like, just call her. <laughs> the answers. If not, leave a message. If not, call back again. <laughs> like that's me. I'm so. I wouldn't do a second time. No, no. Okay. Like... If you weren't a singer, what would you be? I think I would love to be a um a life coach, motivational speaker maybe but also doing a lot of healing work I think that goes with the life coaching for me I really I feel like I would really love that and to empower people um young people lots of people yeah that I think that's a good answer and I see you doing that I I think that I will and I think this is important to talk my my I just know deep down I'm going to be a singer in some capacity. Yeah. No matter what happens, I'm going to be doing this. Yeah. But I know that's not going to be the only thing I'm going to do in my life. I know that there's more for me than just being... But I I plan my goal, what I'm putting out there, is that I'm going to go as far as I can in yeah. this business as an opera singer. And I hope that once I am, I can show people that there's... You, can do many other things as well and still be successful there's this there's this idea where if you're working on something else as a, as a musician as well you're not worthy to be a musician you have to give everything every part of yourself and in ways i understand that um 
but in other ways i think that i can bring parts of my the rest of my life into myself as the singer um and still stand apart you know and still be good and still work on my craft and be the best i can be and grow every day um i don't think it's just that and i think that's gonna maybe this will haunt me and maybe this will haunt me later on in life and some will be like remember that time you said in the video this can't be maybe i'll be wrong but that's how i feel right now that's how i feel right now i agree. especially COVID. oh absolutely i completely agree i think um i'm very big on future me forgiving present self kind of thing mm -hmm. and like i'm with you like i just know that i'm I'm gonna do this in some capacity and where that line is drawn is up to the future i can't make that decision now yeah i'd really love to have a voice big enough so that many people can hear what i have to say yep. maybe it'll be in other capacities but my but life is subject to change and yeah. that's so okay with me like it mine changed. I didn't think there was anything outside of musical theater that I would do. Wow. And I decided opera. And that was opera. Like, yeah. As if uh, I really said, let's make my life as hard as possible, didn't I? Uh, but it's so true. Like, I think none of us, none of us expect these changes, but they happen. And it doesn't mean life is going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm too much of an optimist to have a life that I don't enjoy. Yeah. I think we're both the same that way. What about you? Well, actually, this is a really funny question for me because I'm kind of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't a singer, I would be a personal trainer and a makeup artist. And I am kind of both. Already. And you can be all these things. And that's what I think this question I want to ask everyone who we talk to. I ask this that's a, yeah, it's a good one. I think it's so interesting to see what other interests they have and how that can still be a big part of their life alongside singing. And actually, we should say that um, profile careers, like having two careers at once, is one of the topics that we want to talk about with someone in particular. Um, yes. And if we can manage to get that person, because it's... I think too, and Beth has talked to me about this, probably have yeah. talked to you about this too, with this whole idea of like, if you want to be an opera singer, that's all you have to do. Right now in society today, that is just unrealistic. Unrealistic. There's no way to survive by starving for the first 10 years anymore. That's not realistic for uh, how the economy is right now, how society is right now. It can't happen. So we have to take on, you know, part-time gigs along with school. Like when I was in third year, I was a full-time student and I had three jobs and I lost all of them to COVID. <laughs> Sadly, I loved oh. all three jobs. They were amazing. Um, but it's true. There's, there's no, there's no way of, of only singing. There's, yeah. there's yeah. ways of being in music, like being a music teacher along with it. You know, that's yeah, absolutely. But you can, you cannot expect that you are solely going to survive on your voice until you get to a certain point. Well, I think this is, this can be 
translated into a broader topic, not just for singing. People who think they're going to just have the same job, nine to five job for the rest of their life till they retire. It's changing. The world is changing. People, you know, it used to be one, one job, one income for one family way back when. Then it was two. Now it's three incomes for one household. Yeah. And growing. Like you said, you had three jobs. I've had multiple different jobs. It's so important to, I'm going to sound annoying, but diversify your portfolio oh, yeah. of income in life. And um, one thing. especially as a singer, I think, you know, in, in future conversations, we're still young and we don't have to worry about that super importantly right now, but I think it's good to learn in the future how we're going to be able to sustain ourselves as singers. And that depends if we're going to be in North America or Europe, because in Europe, it's a little bit of a different idea, but to have other things, other incomes, investments, things like that. It's so important to learn as a singer because we have to, you know, take care of ourselves, Absolutely. support ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm so, I always, I'm very interested in topics like that. Um, so I think that, that would be cool. Oh, absolutely. That. And I think it's so interesting because with this idea that music has to be your 24 seven, like I, I earn money so that I can afford voice lessons. Like that's the reason I'm doing all of it. And when I say that music is taking up my brain power all of the time, except for when I'm doing those things, that I'm being fully honest. Like, like I am kept up when I'm trying to fall asleep. I'm kept up by cause, because I have an aria stuck in my head or I'm analyzing this one performance or blah, blah, blah. It's just constantly going through my mind and I can't yeah. stop it. So it's not a matter of, I am giving up on time doing something else. It's a matter of survival. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's healthier to have this balance. I mean, if we, analyze Maria Callas's life you know I, I there's there was a lot of things that she believed that that's it that's what I'm here for and it's just singing and I think she really struggled in her life um she had a lot. you know not not even being able to have anything else be a source of energy and good and that that's a lot and uh I would love to actually do an episode where we just analyze Maria Callas and things like that. And yeah. what at the time, what everyone believed in and believed that a diva had to be, you know, like that is so cool. Anyways, off topic. That's a great idea. Love our tangent. Have you Googled yourself? And if so, did you like what you saw? <laughs> <laughs> I've Googled myself many times. I think there was a photo of me from somebody's Facebook hmm. of like me at a camp or something, or I'm doing something embarrassing. Like I didn't really like what I saw. Like sometimes, oh, actually, okay. The first thing you do when you like, Google yourself, usually if it's the name that's on your Instagram or whatever, your Instagram or your Facebook pictures will pop up. So it's there, but like deep down in the depths of Facebook are a time where I was a, uh, it was like a middle schooler, you know, that time where it's like, 
Not, no pictures really should be out from that time. I just looked so interesting as a person. I was probably doing something weird as well. So, wow. no, I didn't like what I saw. That's so funny. Oh, I, I, I have, but I think the last time I did was like early high school or elementary school. I can't remember. Um, and, uh, so basically when I was in like the second or third grade, uh, have you read the Lorax by Dr. Seuss? Yes. So me and my mom, it was our fave and, uh, it inspired this tree planting program that we did at my school. And so <laughs> the news covered it, like our local news station covered it. And <laughs> I think that was what came up. That was like the first thing that came up. Other than oh. that, it was probably like relative obituaries from my family. Oh, um, which, yeah, it's it's sad, but you know, like circle circle of life. Um, and I think that was like the only thing that I saw of me. Uh, and I don't have anything against it. Yeah, I don't know. I was a child. <laughs> I just looked it up now. Okay. Wait, really? I just... Okay, I don't like this. I'm not going anymore. Okay. Ah. Last next question to get off the topic. Yeah, get off. Okay, let's go. I think it's your turn. Oh yeah, it's my turn. <laughs> oh, describe yourself in three words. Oh, this one's hard for me. Um, empathetic. I like to think I'm that. athletic and <sighs> yay I don't know <laughs> um, okay this is really hard actually okay I would say loving I think that's I'm I hope that that's how I am. I think that's my main value. Right Loving. Right. Oh my goodness, my stomach is grumbling. <laughs> well, um, loving. Yeah. I would either say like passionate. That's a good one. Passionate. Yeah. Oh, there's so many words. And this is again, words. <laughs> We're not good with those. We're not good with words. We're, um, passionate. Um, I feel like caring doesn't encompass what I hope to feel, but caring, uh, hope to be uplifting, empowering to, or caring, caring. Yeah. I hope. That's a good one. I, I, I think, I think those are good words for you. Do you think so? It's the big one. If heaven exists, what do you want God to say when you enter the pearly gates? That is taken from Screaming Divas. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. At the end of my life, 
Whoa, this is intense. I know. I, I love how we planned having this one, and now we can't. Actually, I'll, do you want me to go first? And you like, go first. You go first. I want God to tell me that I did what I set out to do. And that Ray's over there waiting to teach you how to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Amazing. Have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? I've never played. Um, I've never played. I've always wanted to, though, because I'm a nerd and I love acting. Um, Let me tell you, I play D&D. &D. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Nobody does. I am obsessed. I think I watch YouTube series of D&D &D games, like campaigns, like a whole, like it's a whole season, a whole campaign and like D&D &D players, like famous ones on YouTube. I love it so much. It, you are so funny. Makes me happy. I really, I'm still a newbie, but it's fun. It's so fun. You're less of a newbie than I am. <laughs> So I guess you will do this. You will. <laughs> I yeah. sure you will teach me. I, I have you know it one day. Whatever, whenever that time. What? Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll have a podcast where you teach me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Crying. Okay. Oh, I didn't answer. You have one. I would like to say. Here, God say. You achieved all that I planned for you. I love you and your home. Wow. I think that's what I'd like to hear. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's intense though. We went intenser. I, I know. It's the big one for me. I think, okay, it's, cool. I think it's emotional. It is. It is. Hopefully we have a lighthearted one. Okay, I didn't pick one up. <laughs> Okay, what is your guilty pleasure? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, embarrassingly, I have over there um, Kraft peanut butter, but the 25% less fat one, not because of the fat content, I don't really care, because yeah. it tastes better, okay? It does. If you haven't had it yet, get it. I swear to you, it tastes better. You're so funny. Oh my gosh. I eat it every day for breakfast i have an apple with wow for years for since high school and now i've graduated my undergrad so like over four years oh my Every god day. it's so good what's my guilty pleasure years? i need to know this wait do i know this i don't think i know this you know one that i'm not gonna that is so funny that maybe i'll share one day um my i would say Being, a, like, a super nerd, like, super geek. Like, I want to know all the geeky things. Like, what is my guilty pleasure? Like, watching hours and hours of D&D &D campaigns. I think that makes me a guilty... I think that's a guilty pleasure. What's like a Marvel? Pleasure? Do I like what? Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Not, not super geeky about that. Um, guilty pleasure. It's my turn, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. 
introvert, extrovert, or ambivert? The middle, the whatever, the ambivert. Both of us. Both of us. I find that very funny. Yes. I mean, we're both Geminis, but I love being around people. I get energy from, I feed off other people's energy and I love it. And I love being with people. But then I also need to get energy from myself, from when I'm by myself or when I'm in solitude and I'm, you know, I need both. I need both. And if it's, if it's unbalanced, I feel it physically. Me too. And mentally and energetically. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, th I think I'm a social ambivert. Like I, I lean more toward the extrovert side. Yeah. But if I, if I am constantly around people, I will not, I will not survive. There's yeah. just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last one. No, I have one more. You do? I do, yeah. How? I don't know. I thought we were doing 12. Are I we thought doing... you started. I don't know. I have one more. Oh. Okay. Well, maybe it's the same one. We'll see. Oh, okay, maybe. Actually, that's a good point. Go. <laughs> Who took you to your first opera? And this question is from the National Opera Center of America. My dad, my dad, my dad took me to Barber at the COC. Oh my! Saying, but that was the, because at this time I was a child. I didn't I didn't know anything about opera. I didn't care about opera. But my dad, my dad does like opera, not as much as I currently love opera. Yeah. Actually, this is a really funny story. I so what I said about my first introduction to opera being in high school. That's yeah. a lie. Because it was when I was a child and my dad, my father, my yeah. father, when we would go grocery shopping, would try to embarrass me and my siblings by singing bad opera oh. in the aisles. I love that. I lo my dad, he thinks he's so funny. Okay. <laughs> he thinks he's hilarious. I was not that embarrassed. My sister hated it. I, I just thought it was funny. I like I'm a fool. I don't I'm not as scared of being a fool. That's probably why I'm going into performing. <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, my dad. My dad. Oh, that's so I never knew that. Yeah. I love my dad. I mean, we only know each other for just over a month, so I guess we're gonna learn a lot over yeah. this time. We're here to learn. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. you you have to go. You have to go. So my first fully staged like opera that I've ever seen was in grade 10 was it grade 10 and my high school took us on a trip to New York City and I was so excited for this and I went and I, I said that that was the only that's the only opera I've ever okay that's not true um but at that time of my life like until I decided I wanted to do opera. Like, I had never seen it before. I never went really after that that much until I decided I want to be an opera singer. I remember going there and getting a tour and going backstage and going on the stage of the Met. And I was under, I was everywhere. And 
I, I was everywhere. I mean, I was under the stage or like, you know, you could go down and you can go. Yeah. Like, I had a whole tour, backstage tour. Nobody was there. It was just, you know, like no singers were there, I mean. Yeah. So wait, okay. I know this was a few years ago, quite a few years ago. But like, when you're on the stage, like, how big does it look? Holy sh- Like, massive? Massive. I know. And so I had seen the opera, uh, Cenerentola, um, and Javier had filled in for, I'm pretty sure, Flores. What? Yeah, Juan. Um, he was the, he was just on the side, you know, he had to fill in. And I think that was, I think that was his big debut, to be honest, because everyone was in shock on how amazing he was and got a huge standing ovation it was like i'm pretty sure there was like a something broke history like it was crazy like it was crazy and i remember being there and the the whole cake was there you know like they have the cake and i'm pretty sure i saw joyce i'm pretty sure i was about to say i was about to say if if it was the production i'm thinking of with juan and juan diego and joyce Donato, that would have been that production so you have seen these people? Yeah, but only on state. I was, we were in the nose, like way in the back. Oh, well, I mean, you know, university or high school. Yeah, high school, high school thing. But it was amazing. It was phenomenal. And I just remember this was the time where I really started like doing some singing and I loved singing and I played orchestra. And we were, and then we were in the back and, you know, there's the red carpet and the staircase. And we were all just, like, waiting for someone. And my friend, Caitlin Brown, said to me, and I think people were around, and she said, if I could see anybody coming back here, it would be you, Cass. And I wasn't thinking about opera at that. I'm emotional, seriously. Wow. That really changed the course of my life. That's bad. Yeah. I don't think she knows that, but she was a very dear friend of mine, and I, I love her so much, but... <sighs> seriously, seriously, in that moment, and being there, and being on that stage, and feeling that, it was like, I'm doing it. It was like kind of a decision then, unknowingly, that I would stop violin and really, truly believe that I could do it. I knew I would be back. I just have a, you know? Wow. And, Yeah. That is, that is a story. Holy cow. Whoa. It actually did remind me that, uh, cause you were talking about, uh, Juan Diego and Joyce and, and, and Javier, uh, that, so when I was in New York, um, for that weekend and I like met Placido or whatever. So I saw, sorry, I'll, (laughs) that night of, of the, the 50th anniversary of Placido, uh, he was, he was Skiki, Indigenous Skiki, because yes. three ago they did all three, which, who does all three? My God! Like I just did Swore because we did Skiki and Swore, but we didn't do the first one. Yeah. And and in Swore Angelica, I saw Stephanie Life. No. Oh man, when let me tell you something. Okay, okay, it's a big, big place to sing, right? Big. Her voice carried like nobody's business. Okay, it was it was like I was you know in the in the top bits 
yeah the orchestra or whatever and it was it was like hitting me it was beautiful it was like my hair was like you know it was so cool <laughs> that's amazing it was cool her voice is not so i i geez louise anyways yeah okay should we move so, on or, yes is there okay. one more left i got one more oh morning or night person <laughs> We knew this. I'm a night person, but I one there was a time in my life I was a morning person. I woke up at 5 a.m. every single day, and I had a morning routine. This year has set me back in that, <laughs> and and I'm just like taking some time for myself this summer to prepare for myself to move and everything. Yeah, and I'm really taking advantage of staying up as late as I want, <laughs> but I can do it. It does not bother me to stay up um so yeah i would say i'm a night person i do a lot at night but i can't i know i have the opportunity to, to change it if i wanted to i would just have to create a new habit yeah i'm i'm like morning person i always have been um but yeah i'm i'm with what i'm doing right now too like personal training and stuff it just makes sense to be a morning person because most people want to work out at 6 a.m get it over with but my brain also works better in the morning like i like when i wake up i immediately come and work on my certifications or whatever like i i start you know thinking yeah and then my brain starts to shut down the minute like 9 p.m comes around yeah um but i think I, i said this to you already for being a performer, it makes more sense to be a night person. So I'm going to have to go through a change. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I guess so. But it's not like you're, it's only on performance times where you're really going to be, you're going to have some space in between, right? That's true. And... But I work, I know I work best with the routine. So if I'm constantly uh, changing it, I think my body will be like, stop, you know? Stop. You know what? I agree. I agree with that. Anyways. Good. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank This, this, I had so much fun. This was great. Thank you. We talked a lot. With... Three hours later. Oh my gosh. We said we weren't going to do that. <laughs> it's going to be a good, a good uh, weekend edit, I think. Yeah, take the time to edit this. <laughs> it's good though. Well, if we have any viewers, thanks for watching. <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much. We hope that you enjoyed listening to our conversation. Yeah. That it inspired you to do some reflection and some learning and I some also fun. sorry, you go. No, I just said some fun. Fun. Yeah. I, I want this to be like educational but fun. And fun. I also like if any viewers have ideas for topics? Oh my gosh, this lighting. Um, drop them in the comments. And and we'll see if we can get to them. We have some really cool people that we're planning on bringing in. And our list is quite long. <laughs> it is long. And it's some, it's, there. you know what? We have some dream. We have dreams. Yes. Dreams and hopes, but we're also, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm an optimist, but a realist. But that's why we're called the Dreaming Divas. Oh, absolutely. I think it fits. I mean, I love you. This is so fun. I'm so glad we're doing this. And 
Let's keep going. Alright. Should we click? Click.